Hello, how are y'all doing today? I'm Christopher Stevens. I'm your host today. And today I'm going to be coming from Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. And they read, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward a hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceed out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If thou be the son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into a seating high mountain and show him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and said unto him all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me and then said Jesus unto him get thence get thee hence Satan for it is written thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shall thou serve then the devil leave him and behold angels came and ministered unto him I'm going to jump right into it what does it mean to be tempted? When we look at the word of God, we call it the sword. And when we look at sword making, we see that a sword must meet a certain criteria in order to be deemed usable. And they are hardness, strength, flexibility and balance. Hard enough to hold the edge or to retain sharpness across the entire length of the sword, while at the same time being strong enough and flexible enough that it can absorb repeated massive shocks from the blow of an opponent down the entire length of the sword without cracking or breaking, while being balanced enough to be used effectively. And this is what translates into our spirituality. First, we must be hard, which in spirituality is equipped. We must be equipped and we get equipped by learning the word of God that teaches us who we are. And the Bible does that by saying you are kings and priests unto God. We have to know who we are, because if we don't, we will try to do things that we are not graced or qualified to do, or we will operate below the level that God is calling us or, or below the sphere of influence that we have. And the second and third are is strengthened and flexibility. We have to be strong enough to take a blow from the enemy, but flexible enough to keep going. A mighty blow from the enemy is not supposed to break you. It is designed to strengthen you. And this is where I have to tell you uh, the process of tempting and tempting happens at the state of elevation. It is where the sword becomes. You see what I'm saying? It, it is when a sword is heated until it is red hot and the blacksmith takes a steel hammer and beats the sword and what the metal worker is beating is the black spots that he sees in the sword. He is beating out the weak points in the sword or the impurities in the metal conditioning it to be stronger and indestructible. And when you are being tempted by the enemy, God is using him to show you your weak points. He is using him to strengthen you. You see, in the flow of the kingdom is a current 
And if you are not strong enough to stand in that current, you will be swept away. The Bible says, after doing all to stand, stand and see the salvation of the Lord. You have to be strengthened to remain. Otherwise, you will be carried away by the trials that come into your life. And the fourth is balance. And balance is very important. And a lot of people don't understand balance. Sometimes balance takes, sometimes people take, sometimes people think that if I am anointed, that is enough. But but the question is, what are you anointed to do? Isaiah 61 and 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to console the mourners in Zion, to give them a crown of beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, so that they will be called oaks or righteousness and the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And that chapter goes on to say that they would do what they would do in return of him giving of the fullness of his anointing. We see he was balanced and he knew what he was anointed to do. And that is all that he did. Nothing more and nothing less. Balance is when a sword cannot be top heavy where it cannot be retracted as quickly as it can be extended or where it can't be moved quickly from defending to the offense side of the battle or it can't be too bottom heavy where it will cause the carrier to be fatigued. It in the midst of battle. It can't be too long because the longer it is, the more effort it takes to control it. And it can't be too short to the point you can't reach your opponent when you strike back. You see, a sword has to be balanced enough to be effective, just like people in ministry. You see, we can't only know the principle of attraction because we can attract things but not know how to keep them. We can't only know who we are in God. We also have to know who the enemy is also because he comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. The Bible says that the people perish from a lack of knowledge. And if you don't have certain keys, you will not have the ability to open certain doors, doors that are detrimental to the work that God has called you to do. You have to be well balanced in the word of God, not just to know a few scriptures. I know that Jesus said that what he did, then we shall do those same things and greater. But in order to do what he did, we also have to know what he knows. And God is with us is not enough. There are keys to the kingdom that we must obtain if we are going to lift up the bloodstained banner of Christ. If we are going to deliver the word that cuts to the dividing asunder in this message, I will attempt to deliver basic keys to you that will help to excel you into the things of God. When we see the very first temptation, the enemy says, if you are the son, command that these stones become bread. And the very first thing he tempted Jesus with was his identity. He said, if you are the son of God, when we already know that the voice spoke from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. We have to know who we are in God and all that you will do in the kingdom is hinged on this first key. Because if you don't know who you are, you may be swayed by people who will want to use you in areas that is beneficial to them. Not to say that it is wrong, but 
And not to say that it's wrong by what they're doing, but it's the simple fact that you don't know who you are so they can take advantage of your ignorance or of your lack of knowledge of self. Hmm. So before you say yes to a thing, you need to know what you are anointed to do and know who you are in God. And while I'm here at this point, the reason I chose to speak about this is because I want you to understand. I want you to know that you will be tempted, but it's nothing that you cannot handle for. In first Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 tells us that there has no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you are able to bear. But when you are tempted, he will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. And he is saying this, this isn't the first time it happened. The enemy may come in like a flood, but I am the standard. And if you lift me up before him, I will back him down. God is saying, let me do it by my spirit because your strength isn't enough. And the second thing he was tempted with was speaking. From Genesis, we learned the danger of being silent. Because when the serpent told Eve to eat from the tree of knowledge, Adam was standing by listening. But he did not say anything. But what if he had said, God said, don't do that. And he would have lifted up a standard, but he didn't. And we see that the fall of man came at the absence of words or at the absence of truth. And the enemy says, command these stones to be made bread. Wait a minute. Did he really tempt Jesus, the bread of life with the stone that the builders would reject? And I want to say that the enemy will tempt you with what you already are. You just haven't made it there yet. You just have not manifested it yet. You see, God has a plan for your life and the enemy knows that plan. And it is his job to stop you from getting there or to alter the effectiveness of it. Because if he had gotten Jesus to turn the stones into bread, then he would have gotten Jesus to step out of the place of being the stone that the builders would reject or from being the bread of life. Mm. If he would have gotten Jesus to come into agreement with him, he would be able to assume the position of Jesus and he would be looking, we would be looking to him to be our bread. But Jesus counted and said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Why didn't he say, I shall not live by bread alone? It's because Jesus knew who he was and who he was representing. He was God come in the to come to represent man, to give back to man what was taken in the fall of man. Jesus was not deficient of revelation up until this point from the age of 12 where we see him in the temple to the point of this point where we, we have rec no recollection about Jesus. And I submit to you that he was learning or he was being taught the scriptures by the spirit though it had not descended upon him yet. And we know that the spirit can speak to you long before you get saved and receive him. I remember when I was going somewhere and something told me not to go there. And that something was the spirit of God. And you say, how can that be when I was in the world? Well, the Bible says all good things come from God. And we know that when God speaks, his word cultivates, his word builds, his word causes growth. And this is how the enemy keeps us bound. Even when we have the Holy Spirit, he keeps us ignorant and ignorance causes the words of God to be unfruitful when it should produce. We receive God's words in its entirety when we are learned in the matters of God or of his scriptures. 
of his position and also ourselves and of our position. And the Bible says, study to show thyself approved. In other words, study to learn what will catapult you into your called place with God. The next temptation comes for the church. And the very reason Jesus is even in the wilderness, the reason he did all that learning, the reason he is going to teach the disciples not only how to pray, but he is going to be the standard and the example for them to follow. But this time when he comes at Jesus, he comes with scripture. He comes with the truth. He says that it is written, but he also says what the religious leaders would say while Jesus was hanging on the cross, cast thyself down. And even in that, we see how the enemy thought he was doing the right thing by killing Jesus. But he, we also see how ignorant the enemy was because we see that he didn't see that Jesus was lying his life down because if he knew Jesus could command the angels to bear him up at uh, up lest at any time he dashed his foot against the stone certainly he knew that Jesus was capable of lying his life down and picking it back up for what he loved but Jesus said I shall not tempt the Lord my God why is Jesus contending with the devil why did Jesus not just cast him away from him and that and, and that answer is explained in his resurrection but the very next temptation when the devil takes Jesus up to the stratosphere up to a high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them all and then he says to him he I will give you all of this if you would fall down and worship me and I want to stop right here and say that it takes arrogance and it takes pride to know who a person is and then tempt them with their own stuff the devil waited for Jesus to be strengthened in his time of fasting and prayer but his ignorance was that he thought or his pride was that he thought Jesus was weak from fasting. But what he didn't understand was Jesus was stronger because of the fast. And I want to say to you that the plate that you turn down can cause you to be spiritually turned up. And you see, we wrestle not against flesh and blood because you can kill flesh with a gun. But the principalities that we wrestle with take spiritual defiance to subdue them. We have to know who we are and why we do what we do and why we fast, why we pray, why we take communion, why we sow, why we pay tithes, why we praise, why we worship. The truth is each thing we do produces a different result. Faith may cause someone to be healed, but casting out certain devils doesn't only come by faith alone, but by prayer and fasting. There are is a formula to the kingdom and it's not just because you are anointed like I said before what are you anointed to do you must know your position and hold to it you see Jesus was tempted with the kingdom that was already his he just had to die in order to fully receive it just like he told the Pharisees how can the bride fast when the groom is still with them there will come a time when the groom is taken and then they will fast likewise how can Jesus own the kingdom why he is among the kingdoms. There was a time when Jesus laid down his life in order to retrieve the keys to his kingdoms. You see, the enemy was cool with Jesus dying, but he wasn't banking on when he died that he would come to his home and take back what was stolen from man. In the beginning, when, when the spirit of Jesus fell out of the cross, when the spirit fell out of Jesus, it hit the ground. It caused the earthquake by the speed and the power that Jesus came out of the body to go see the devil face to 
face to take back what was stolen. You see, Jesus' first mission wasn't to go home into heaven to be with the Father. His first mission was to obtain the ability to restore to man dominion, to give back to man every key that we would need to open every doorway and excel in the spirit as well as in the natural. And Jesus was the bridge between heaven and earth, the best of both worlds. And since the enemy took the other world from us and just left us with the natural, Jesus had to match the enemy's craftiness in order to get it back. The Bible says, be wise as a serpent, but harmless as a dove. And we see the wisdom of Jesus by him letting the devil think that he was winning. But after he was risen, he we see how smart he was by at beating the devil at his own game. Spirit can only consult spirit. Natural can only consult natural. That's why Jesus came in the flesh, but was made by the spirit in order to operate in both spheres and operate in both worlds at the same time and when it only appears that he is only the natural man by coming through the womb of a woman not knowing that he came through the woman by spirit the enemy set himself up for failure yes he knew Jesus was born and that's why he sought to take his life then and since he couldn't take his life then he would come 28 years later to take his authority then again three and a half years later after that to take his life again because of the impact Jesus was having over the kingdom of darkness and you can always tell your impact or your sphere by the attacks on your life and on your identity not just the attacks on what you know or you don't know for that matter but on your existence the devil wants to stop you he wants to control the situation but all you have to do is put on your garment of praise all you have to do is is, is, is bear the oil of joy for mourning. There will come a time when you will deal with things. There will come a time when you have to, when you will struggle. There will come a time when you have to, you have to contend with certain things going on in your life, but they are not to break you. They are not to deform you in any way, shape, or form. They are to build you. They are to construct you. They are to strengthen you. And if you get out of the sphere of process, then you will hold yourself back because there are certain things that God wants to do in you to you and through you but in order to do those things in you to you and through you he is going to have to get some things out of you he's going to have to cause you to some things he's going to have to do certain things things that don't feel so good to your body don't feel so good to your mind doesn't feel so good to your flesh but they are things necessary for growth they are things necessary to walk into the kingdom and this is what I want you to know today that even though that there are things that are hindering you. There are things that are, are, are stopping you. There are things that are in your way. They are not things that are designed to kill, steal, and destroy because God designed them to strengthen. And this is what I want you to know today. Don't stop. Whatever you are doing now with God, continue to do that with God and continue to gain tenacity, continue to gain strength, continue to gain speed and continue to go forward into that thing that he called you in. And he will perfect you for that thing. I promise all it takes is more. It takes more than time. It takes your willing and your obedience in order to get it. Let God bless you. Let God use you. Let God cultivate you so that you can be in the place with him that he wants you to be. I'm going to leave this right here. So just trust God on this day. Let God do the work. All you have to do is follow. Take up your cross and follow. Take up your cross. Cast your cares on him, your fears on him. Trust me, he cares for you. And he has the last say. Y'all have a blessed day.